0: You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News.
1: Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and com. It is Friday, March the 15th, the Ides of March 2019, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and uh, joining us today is Julius Caesar himself, Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Good morning, Craig.
0: Good morning.
1: Uh, hey, Eric, before we get started, yeah, it's the Ides of March, yes, but it's also basketball tournament time, and March Madness is just around the corner, so you got to be sure to check out the Sprott Money March Madness sale. Great prices on some of our best sellers, and Eric, you'll definitely want to beat the buzzer on this one. Call us at 888-861-0775 to check out all of the items that are on sale, or of course just visit com. Eric, we are kind of bouncing along here. We've recovered some uh, from the beatdown a couple of weeks ago. We're up a few dollars this week, a few pennies and silvers. We barrel toward the uh, March FOMC meeting next week.
0: Well, it was a funny week, and I was very, very upset with what happened yesterday with the price of gold going down at one time, $15, with really absolutely zero reason for it. Uh, Lots of lousy economic data. But you know it's just the comex, man, and you got the quadruple witching coming up today. you got some options expiries in the metals coming up next week, and you know when they decide to take them down, they just take them down and I mean luckily today we're we're back up a little, we will get some sanity back in the market um, but it's frustrating to have to sit by and watch it and um you know, as I thought about what happens. Here we have gold going down one percent. The stocks went down three yeah. percent. The stocks whose options are expiring today went down three percent. Well, you know, when you have an option, it's that fine line right? like <laughs> between making money and not making money, you that last three percent can wreak a little bit of havoc here. And it it just it's sickening that it happens and the you know, it's just the commercial banks are ripping off their customers again, their buying customers. Um for the sake of today's profits, and uh, it, that's very disappointing. But there are lots of uh, great things going on. I mean, uh, the fact that India came back into the market and bought, uh, I think it was six tons in uh, January was good. And, we, of course, we've seen other um countries step up here. We had pretty good total central bank buying in the month of January. Seeing the Atlanta Fed has now their GDP number for this quarter, the March quarter, is now up 0.2. So we're right on the cusp of uh, being negative, Uh, which I think, again, uh, supports the price of gold. Um, There are lots of of things that uh, one could contemplate that would make gold interesting. Some of the bigger things that I think about are so you know, the whole theory, uh, we all want something for nothing, uh, which is an impossibility because somebody's got to do the work. But you keep reading about these countries where, you know, there's more and more people on the dole and less and less people working. And, you know, it will lead to collapse. I, I was reading an article at Zero Hedge and said something like Denmark. Uh, looks great, but it's collapsing. And I think, you know, they could put the United States in there too, and Canada for that matter. I don't want to be partisan here. Um, because all, all these commitments that everyone has that we know, we know can't be financed. But yet here we have this, this populist feeling that, uh, well, we should all get something for nothing. Uh, I don't know where that all leads. Can you imagine if some of these candidates actually got elected? Yeah. Where would the stock market be? Oh, my God, it would be something else. And uh, speaking of getting elected, I find it interesting, just as a casual observer, that, you know, every week there's a new Democratic candidate for president. And I'm putting myself in the mind of, you know, let's say the guy who came in as number 10. He says, gee, those other nine are all useless. I'm going to go. Then number 11 comes in. Oh, those 10 are all useless. I think I got a chance. And, you know, I I don't know what the number is now, but we're up to 15, 16, 19, whatever. And can you imagine the guy coming in 19 thinking the 18 guys in front of him are all useless? Right. Like, and he might be right. He is (laughs) right. That's the worst part. Yeah. He might be right. That's the problem. Anyway, just food for thought.
1: I'm I'm technically down here in the States unaffiliated. Uh, I have no party affiliation. I'm registered as, I guess they call it independent. But I don't live very far from Iowa, so I'm thinking about throwing my hat in the ring, Eric. And uh, (laughs) why the heck not? Local hero. (laughs) Maybe I get you.
0: That might be a better reason than the other guys.
1: (laughs) There you go. Hey, I could get you on the list as as a supporter. Then I guess.
0: Absolutely.
1: uh, We'll make up some yard signs and some bumper stickers. And uh, yeah. And off to the races we'll go. Anyway, but but back to the medals. We do have an interesting uh, week ahead of us with the FOMC coming up for March. Uh, You mentioned that the Atlanta Fed now has first quarter GDP pegged at just 0.2% growth, if you want to call it that. Even with the terrible data this morning, that might be on the verge of going negative. That would be the first quarter of a recession, if that's the case. Uh, the data has all been terrible. There's no inflation anywhere. The bond market is reacting to all of this. Um, I don't know. What would you expect? Uh, are just varying shades of dovishness out of uh, Chairman Powell next week?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, the fact that the central banks of the world have flipped. I mean, the ECB, whatever, the week and a half ago, the Fed, whatever, three or four weeks ago, they just flipped. You know, it. the whole process of printing money and then pretending you're going to tighten and then you find out when you go to tighten that the market crashes on you so you have to flip Uh, of course which is very constructive for gold to think of what all this money printing is ultimately going to do here and even as I think about the Atlanta Fed's point two if it wasn't for government spending the money that they don't have where would we be? Yeah. You know it'd be negative. Yeah. So To think that they can hold it together by printing money is just uh, almost so unrealistic. And that's why we should fear for where the economy is going. We should fear for asset values. And therefore, you want to have your money where it can hold its own. And the funny part about holding its own, I remember getting into gold in 2000. I just got to hold on here. I can see what's going to happen to this NASDAQ market. And lo and behold, the stocks went up 1,700%, the gold stocks. And uh, we're seeing that now. We're seeing, we're in a bull market, gold stocks here. And I think there could be lots to go, uh, particularly if you can imagine some of the prices that we might have for these products. Look at what uh, Palladium's done. It's uh, tripled. Wow. That's, can you imagine even talking about the price of gold tripling from, let's say, the low of, uh, call it 1,100, going to 3,300? what the stocks might be worth. Yeah. Wow, maybe 1,700% will look like a joke. So anyway, and, and this can all happen. It can all happen in the world we're sitting in right now.
1: And it has happened before. Uh, a lot of, I mean, I, I suppose there's quite a few people around us uh, listening uh, that remember what it was like in 1979 and 1980. I, my friend Ned naylor Leyland once put out a list of all of these stocks that went from, you know, $0.65 cents to 65 oh God, dollars. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when the Nixon closed the window, I mean, the price of gold was 35. It went to 800. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Anyway, the, it's amazing what could, could happen here. And, uh, and I'm seeing signs of activity in some stocks where the activity is suggesting they're moving because of a high gold price. And what I mean by that is stocks where the ore body is uneconomic. Or the margins are thin. Either one, ore body on economic margins thin. Well, you know, with a higher gold price, the uneconomic ore body becomes economic, right. and the margins that were thin become large, and you can get these dramatic moves in stocks, which is what you're referring to back in the '70s when the prices went from 35 to 800, and all of a sudden somebody had a, you know, pig and a poke. And all of a sudden, it was worth a lot of money because of the price of gold going up
1: exactly and uh, and I've noticed that too you even notice that in the trend if you watch the GDX or the or the Huey index even though gold and silver have rolled over and corrected these last few weeks there's a still solid trend in those indices that goes back to August or September of last year that would lead me to think that there's still a lot of money that expects prices of the metals to continue higher this year does that kind of tell you the same thing
0: well it looks that way and because these particular stocks, I'm not going to mention the names, but I'll mention one name, is perhaps Novo, uh, where up to now we think there is a low-grade deposit. We think there's a low-grade deposit. and um, But a $3,000 gold, oh my God, that low-grade deposit, over 10,000 square kilometers. <laughs> yeah. What could happen here, you know? Yeah. And, and even while I'm on them, it's been very hot recently. Um, and I was reading an article on uh, ore sorting. And uh, they come with, up with new techniques of ore sorting, uh, which, of course, can, be, can make the margins on gold mining considerably more. Imagine if you sort it in the pit and you only need to process half the material you used to process. Well, now you don't have to move it. You don't have to put whatever on it or grind it or whatever. And, and all of a sudden, your margins go crazy. And this particular article on ore sorting specifically referred to the Caratha property of Novo, that obviously they're doing this in-lab testing. And I'm, I am don't think we really had the results, but the guy from the lab said, oh, it looks like it makes has made a very major difference. Well, you know, it's that same thing. you got thin margins all of a sudden become... Serious margins, then the stocks can go a long way. So I just point that out as an example.
1: You bet. And Eric, we've uh, actually, every week, uh, we invite people to send us questions, and uh, occasionally we get a few that get passed along. And uh, we actually had a couple questions this week about a couple of specific uh, small cap miners that uh, we've discussed in the past, just people looking for updates uh yep. one person wrote in wanted to know what uh, you thought currently about uh, Garibaldi and another person yep. looking for any updates you might have on Royal Nickel.
0: Sure. Well, Garibaldi, you know, they're looking for uh, nickel cobalt, which are two metals that are kind of moving up in price these days. Um uh, they haven't really issued a lot of uh results and the results have been the word I would want to use. Not as impressive as we might have hoped for. Okay? Not as impressive as we might have hoped for. I'm still a big holder. I've never sold a share. Uh, but I i think they're, they're vectoring all well, the fact that it's that you have nickel cobalt right there. I mean, and they've had some very, very high grade uh, sections there, but just not wide enough uh, to make for a large ore body yet. But to get a thin high grade section. It's got to come from somewhere. And it's the, from somewhere part that they're trying to, um, uh, to, uh, vector in on and they haven't done it yet. Uh, but it's likely that they will. And it's a big, big property. So I, I'm still hopeful that things will work out. It's been, it has been a disappointment, but that's the nature of exploration and timing and you know, the timing hasn't exactly worked for us yet. Uh, What was the other stock? Uh, Royal Nickel. Oh, Royal Nickel, yeah. Uh, Well, I I like Royal Nickel. I like the potential for the deposit. Uh, I haven't liked the quality of the news releases, to be brutally honest, and I think I've expressed that to them. Uh, There's always been room for more information so we actually understand exactly where we're going here. I still have very large hopes that this ore body, uh, which has some tremendous high grades will prove to be an unusual ore body. Uh, the drilling has been, in my mind, very successful. They keep finding high grade sections, and one of the things I've found with high grade is uh, typically the analysts cut what's what's called a high grade. So if you get a thousand grams and cut it to fifty, well, if it's really a thousand grams and you spread it over the other holes, man, does it ever make a difference? To the, to the ore body. and uh-huh. we saw that in, uh, at Fosterville where the cut you didn't need to cut it, okay And I'm kind of hoping in the case of Royal that you don't need to cut it, uh, which would make for a much more robust grade than what we're looking at. Now we still need more drill results and we need to prove continuity of the, uh, the pyrite section underneath the structures. Uh, but I think that will be forthcoming, and I, I personally own a lot of it. Uh, and other than being a little upset with the way news is given out, uh, <laughs> one nice thing about ore bodies, they don't know who's running the company, <laughs> uh, and normally, normally the ore body works out,
1: <laughs> regardless of of uh, human regardless. interaction with it,
0: <laughs> right should be good. Uh Craig, I should mention a, a few other stocks, actually. Amex uh, Exploration brought out some very fancy, spiffy drill results, and they announced that they had uh, visual gold in uh, some of the other holes. They had three other holes that are pending, so we're standing by on that one. Uh, I did get involved with a company called GoldSource, and this fits in with um, sort of the uh, the possibility of the price of gold rising a lot. The company in British Indiana with with a low-grade ore body. Uh, who's subsequently found what looks like a bit of a higher-grade ore body, but it's only three grams. And, but in the right price environment, uh, things can happen there. And um, just a, one more comment on Wallbridge. They brought out some drill results from their um, other, I'm going to call it their other potential property called Beshefer. Uh, they were sort of uninspiring, but still uh, decent, but not that anyone cares. We're, we're all in it for the penlon property, so uh, I continue to, to like the stock here. so And it all looks good on the gold front. I mean, there's more and more reasons every day to think that uh, we're going to find salvation in gold here. So look forward to next week.
1: It's uh, terrific. All right. Well, hey, one last thing before we go. We want to give a shout out to uh, the newest member of the Sprott Money team. His name is Chris Gibson, he, and he is, uh, has the official title of Vice President of Sales, and he was recently featured in a Globe and Mail article that focused on renewed optimism in gold. You can check out the article in the Globe Wealth section, or hey, actually, you can just call Chris directly if you want to discuss the precious metals with him. Yeah, here's his number, 416 He puts that right out there, happy to help anybody and answer any questions about where he thinks uh, the whole entire precious metals universe is headed. Eric, I'll be curious to see where the precious metals universe heads next week. It's going to be a consequential week with the FOMC, and I look forward to talking to you again next Friday.
0: We'll look forward to that, too. All the best, Greg.
1: And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend.